Last month, my wife and I celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary. And I thought, well, you know, 20 years, that's kind of a special number, one of those round-up numbers. So I suppose you have to do something special. So I thought, well, I would get a, a special gift. But I, I wasn't going to go to the dollar store this time. I was going to raise the level up, you know. So I uh, went to Target instead. And uh, the gift I got was a notebook. You're not impressed, I see. All right. Well, in this notebook, I wrote down reflections on all of our 20 years together and gave that to her. Oh, isn't that nice? Come on. And then I I gave it to her, and, and I told her, okay, now the next 20 years, you write down your reflections. And then in 20 years from now, I'll read it and see what you were thinking about me. That's pretty safe, right? Because 20 years from now, who's going to remember back to this day? And, and you'll think, oh, who cares? That was 20 years ago. Not a bad gift, huh? Now, I use that to illustrate not that my gift-giving has improved and gone up to a new level, but that rather that's the way sometimes we look at old things, old words. Oh, that's from way back then. It doesn't really speak to us today. Tell me today what I need. Tell me about what's going on today. This morning, we're going to look at some words that were written 3,000 years ago. Ancient words. They were written by Solomon. It's part of our series of messages that we've entitled Real People, looking at the people in the scriptures and seeing how their lives were real lives just like ours and how we have a real God who blesses us. So in this series of messages on Solomon, I entitled it www.solomon. Now you look at those three W's and you think you're automatically of the internet. But that wasn't the case here. I wanted those W's to stand for the three things that stand out to us about Solomon. We had a message about his wealth. He was the richest man of his time. And what he learned from that and how that helps us as we look at our money. And then we looked at worship life as as he guided the people of Israel and built that glorious temple for them in worshiping God. Then I went on vacation And now I'm back, and so we're going to address that third W, wisdom. Why Solomon and wisdom? Listen to what the scriptures tell us about him. God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the east and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone else, and his fame spread to all the surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs numbered uh, 1,005. He spoke about plant life, from the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of walls. He also spoke about animals and birds, reptiles and fish. From all nations people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. Wow! 
He was a wise guy. But did you note at the beginning where it said he got his wisdom? God gave Solomon this wisdom and insight. And though he wrote about plants and animals and other things, a whole list of things about real life, it was all about God's message to us. What we could simply say was real wisdom. So today let's focus on real wisdom and getting wise. We're going to use as our, as our study this morning the words from Proverbs chapter 2. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For his wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. That's real wisdom. But since there may be some confusion about what we really mean by wisdom, let's take a look at how Solomon defined it for us in the middle of that section. He called it the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. The fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. Now, when we hear that word fear, we think of the emotion of being scared. We're scared of this. We're afraid of that. But that's not what it's talking about. The Bible doesn't tell us to be afraid of, of our God who loves us. Rather, when it says the fear of the Lord, it means our sense of honor and respect and awe of his majesty and mysteriousness. We call it reverence. That then will be reflected in how we live because we don't want to defame him whose name we bear. He also defined this wisdom of God as, as knowledge of God. And that's not just this, you know, a bunch of information, facts about God, but rather it's talking more so about what you do with that information, that faith, that trust, that reliance that you have on God, who he is, what he does, what he promises. That's real wisdom, reverence and reliance. So you see, I'm not just talking about being smart. Yeah, our, people are smart today. Our kids, boy, are they smart. When, when, when dad here can't figure out how to use that TV remote, I just ask the seven-year-old. He figures it out for me. When I can't get my cell phone working right, I ask my teenage daughter. She's on it all the time. She knows what to do. Or my computer, asks ask my teenage son. Fixes it right away. Kids are smart today. But we're talking about wisdom. Real wisdom. 
this reverence and reliance on God. Now, look at your life. Do you need to wise up? Do you need some more wisdom? We all do. Even Solomon did. From his experiences and his blessing from God, he gives us some advice. First of all, where to go to get this wisdom? He talks about the source of real wisdom. He said, the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success. He is our shield. So basically put, the Lord is real wisdom. In another proverb, Solomon said this, For your ways, your life, are in full view of the Lord. He examines all of your paths. In other words, he's telling us God knows everything. God knows everything about history, the past and the present. He even knows what's going on in this world in the future. God knows about biology. He knows about my body. He knows what's going on there even before I do. God knows even deeper than that. He knows my attitude, my mind, the condition of my heart. He knows the paths of my life. I'm not quite sure what I'm doing this afternoon, but he knows. He knows what I'll be doing in 20 years. Listening to my wife read that notebook. God also knows the evil that's in this world. And he knows how that will affect us. And sometimes we may wonder, well then, why doesn't he stop that evil? And that bad that happens to us. Solomon explains this. There is no wisdom, there is no insight, there is no plan that can succeed against the Lord. In other words, God also controls everything. He takes that knowledge, all that information, and molds it with his love to perfectly carry out his will for us, which is to save us eternally. I'd like you to do a little mental exercise right now. Think back to a time in your life when you went through something that was kind of difficult. Maybe it was some big challenge, some big project that you had to take on. Or maybe it was some kind of difficult time, some trouble you were experiencing. Now you made it through, and you're doing all right. Because God worked through all of that to bless you. You see how God's wisdom was working in your life? Take, for example, your relationship with him. Do you see, when you look back, how God came into your life? Maybe it was through a loving family that brought you to be baptized and that taught you the word of God, that had you grow up knowing the Lord. Maybe it was through a friend who shared God's word with you, or or in some other way. But in all of that, God's wisdom was working to bless you. God is wisdom. But how do I get it? Well, Solomon says, the Lord gives us that wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And so the Lord simply gives it to us. What is that wisdom that he gives? It's what we call righteousness, and redemption, the best of all wisdom. Let me tell you why. You look at God's word and he tells you, okay, this is what you should do and this is how you will be blessed. So it helps us to see what's good and bad, right and wrong. But as we look at it, we also see, I haven't done it that way. 
I haven't been perfect. I haven't done it properly. I failed. Now, God, in his love, doesn't then say, well, then you're out. No, God, in his love and his justice, provides us with the righteousness that we need to be before him. Here's what the New Testament explains for us. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. You see, God has replaced all of my failures to his laws with the fulfillment of Jesus, with his perfect obedience, so that I now have righteousness before him, simply through faith, through trusting him. The penalty that was due for my failures, death, that he put on Jesus instead of me. Jesus died under God's wrath so that I won't experience God's wrath. That's the wisdom of God to save us through his grace, through his working, all through faith. God sent his own son to come to live, to die, and to rise for us to give us salvation. Isn't that wise? We would say, well, God, just give me a second chance, and a third chance, and a fourth, and a millionth chance, and we would fail all the time. But God has made it perfect in his wisdom by giving us the righteousness and the redemption in Jesus. That comes to us through his word. It says, God gives us wisdom. Out of his mouth comes that righteousness and redemption. Here's how it comes to us. You just saw it a few minutes ago in that baptism. Baptism isn't simply putting water on somebody, but it's the word of God that comes on somebody. The name of God that's spoken over that person that now makes us a child of God. In the Lord's Supper, God's word is active. Those words of institution that we speak over the elements, the bread and the wine, Those were Jesus' words, and they have power. They put his body and blood back into that bread and wine so that we have the real price that was paid to redeem us. And then we have, as his words declare, for forgiveness for you. And, of course, God speaks to us in the Scriptures. Those are his words that Paul says, says, makes us wise for salvation. In your search for wisdom, real wisdom, go to the Lord. He's wisdom, and he gives us that wisdom. So how are you doing with that search? Do you recognize that it's simply there in Jesus? You know, we live in that information world where information is available to us right on our phones, go anywhere. It's all around us. But real wisdom, that's from the Lord. So simply know this. Listen to the Lord. Paul described that message from the Lord in this way. He said, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How how unsearchable are his judgments and his paths, his way of doing things beyond tracing out. When there are things that go on and you can't quite understand it, listen to the Lord and then simply trust what he says and what he does 
because it's right and it's perfect for you. So the first lesson from Solomon is this. Wise up. Listen to God and trust him. All right, so how do we do the listening? How do we do the searching? Well, he tells us. First of all, he says, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you. There's information around us all the time, not just on our cell phone or on the web. We hear it. We see it being lived out. And we can easily be influenced by what's going on in the world around us, whether it's in regard to attitudes or actions. Because of a weak, sinful nature, we can be easily misled in, in, in regard to sexual activity, sexual attitudes, in regard to our attitudes and criticisms of one another, in regard to the words that we use, that we speak toward others. The world is all sorts of philosophies or ways to follow, and sometimes we get pulled into that because that's what people do. And then we're not worried that something bad will happen because it doesn't seem to happen. You see how deceptive the world's view and ways can be? Satan tries to use it to get us to doubt what God says, to distort it, to deny it, and then simply disobey it. So Solomon says, listen to God's words and put his commands within you. Now, this is how we have to do it. He says, turn your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. That means there's a purpose there. When you hear God's word, listen to it with this purpose. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to apply it. Yeah, you're all familiar with the phrase, you know, in one ear and out the other. Don't let that happen to you with God's word. And don't let it go out of your heart either. Let it sink in there and stick in there and, and fill you with, with joy and blessing. Then he goes on. He says, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, he's talking about having an attitude of prayer. When we hear God's word, we need that attitude of prayer. God, you need to help me because I have a weak nature, I have a sinful nature, and I hear a lot of other things. I need your spirit to bless and to guide me to accept what you say is truth. He says, and look for it as for silver. And search for it as for hidden treasure. Wouldn't you like to go on a treasure hunt? Wouldn't you like to have the winning lottery ticket? Oh, yeah. Well, there are certain stores where they have a high record of winning lottery tickets. Oh, let's go there, right? Pleasure. So much more valuable is the wisdom of God. Seek that with an eager heart and with pleasure. And do so with persistence. That is, you have to keep working at it. Stick with it and you will be blessed. Don't give up. Trust God's blessing to come. So how is your searching of God's word and his wisdom going? Let me give you a little checklist. You have trouble getting started? Do you have trouble coming to hear God's word, to opening it up at home, to come into a Bible study, to because you have so many other things going on. So tired. Or are you kind of the person who gets started with it but then soon finds you fall off from doing it for whatever reason. Get too busy, too distracted. 
Or maybe you, you know, you're running along fine, but you admit, you know, I have a few misfires along the way, and so I need a little tune-up, a little encouragement. The solution? Follow what Solomon said. Pray. Ask God to help you get into his word, and then stick with it. Work at it. Well, we like to see uh, the results of all of that, don't we? And Solomon holds out for us what the results are, the satisfaction that comes from getting this real wisdom from God. He writes, For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you, understanding will guard you. Did you hear all those words that talked about protection and guarding and keeping you? And that's one of the blessings that comes from this real wisdom of God. We're preserved, preserved in faith. Now you may wonder, okay, well, why is that so important? Because of the dangers that are all around us. Uh, Solomon's going to go on, and he's going to describe all the temptations and traps we fall into with language, whether it be uh, cursing or swearing, lying, slandering. He talks about unfaithful behavior uh, in, in with our use of money, uh, dishonesty, disobedience toward authority, hurting others, sexual immorality. All of those are dangerous traps that lead us, he said, finally down the end result of destruction. Sin doesn't paint itself that way. Sin likes to present itself as, this is good, this is fun, you'll benefit from it. But God clearly tells us it leads to destruction. Sin turns us away from God. God's wisdom brings us back to God. And it keeps us there, safe in that righteousness and redemption in Jesus and the right living that he gives us through the Holy Spirit. And when you experience that, and then you will have what he also says will come as a result. Knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. You will have true pleasure. Not the pleasure the world holds out, but real, deep, and eternal pleasure from God. Now, you may not always see it. You may not always experience the way you expect to experience it. But you know what? You will have it because God said so. God guarantees it. Blessed are you when you walk in the wisdom of God. So, are you convinced this morning you need to wise up? You know where to go to get it. So, knowing what comes and knowing the blessings that God gives us in his wisdom, let's commit to learning and living in the wisdom of God. And don't wait 20 years to find out about it today. Let's do that with a prayer of commitment. As we realize that we need God's help to dig into his wisdom, let's ask him for that. And again, as this is taking a stand, please stand now and join me in this prayer, asking God to lead us in his wisdom. We pray, Lord God, 
you have given us great wisdom in your word. We pray that the Holy Spirit would work in our lives to make us faithful followers of your ways. First, with faith in Jesus our Savior, then with a desire to learn and live in your wisdom. Bless this desire of our hearts as we commit our lives to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. As God has heard our prayer, so he will answer it and guarantees to us what he has promised, a blessed life. Now, 20 years from now, and forever. In Jesus' name, that's my prayer for you. Amen.